the Sober Experiment podcast by Be Sober with Alex and Lisa. Season three is sponsored by IPHM, an accreditation board for holistic therapists and training providers around the world. I'm Alex, one half of the Sober Experiment. And I'm Lisa, the other half. Hi, Lisa. Oh, well, hello, Alex. It's lovely oh, no, I'm to see sorry. you this morning. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've just like, I'm so late always. And I really am sorry, but I've been running around. And then let's just get this out of the way. I told you to stop worrying when you were getting anxiety, didn't I? Yeah, you did. I would not do that with anyone else. And then then I I should do it with you. Great pleasure in picking her up on it. I was like, you would write a post about telling somebody to stop worrying, like saying, oh, yeah, stop worrying. (laughs) Really? So annoyed. I know, I knew you would be. I think that's why I picked up on it more than anything, actually. More than you telling me to stop worrying. I think it's because I knew you'd write something about somebody telling somebody to stop worrying. So I thought, cheeky cow. (laughs) I definitely would. And the thing is, if someone told me to stop worrying, I I would be exactly like, "Uh, excuse me, I have anxiety, you know. Do you you know what that even means? (laughs) But I was like trying to rush to get on the phone and you were going, you've given me anxiety because you're late. So my point was, should have been, well, I know that. I'm sorry, I'm down in your space here. I think if you just said that though in that way I'd have also thought that was a bit weird you'd have thought I was really patronising you that was the way I was actually going to say it and I stopped myself from saying that that's what I thought you'd have been but yeah I'd have felt it was really patronising and I'd have told you to fuck right off you definitely would so I wouldn't say to anyone else stop worrying but because I was coming and I was getting irritated because it was my fault I was irritated because I was running on the minutes but I was like right if you just get off the phone I'll be on quick I should have just said that, really. (laughs) Yeah, you should. You should. Anyway, come on, let's introduce our guest because we are actually going to be late for her as well, which you've been all about. Well, I did tell her, though, by the way, that we were going to be late because I thought I'll tell her so she doesn't get anxiety, but I obviously don't give you the same privilege. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that is true. (laughs) So, yeah, we've got Pippa Jo Marsden on, otherwise known on Instagram as Mum on Fire. Now, we've spoken to Pippa before on lives that she she had us on one of her um, evening lives right at the beginning when she started doing them, didn't she? Yes, she did. And then we had had her on the sober sessions as well, but we've never had her on our own podcast. I can't believe it. And we're on like season three now. It's actually ridiculous. And, you know, her Instagram name, I love it because it is just her all over mum on fire she's proper on fire isn't she she like does cold swims and she does so much for charity and she's just amazing and she's she makes being a mum look easy but I know I know that she's like the rest of us but it's it's going to be an interesting chat this one I think definitely right she's here let's let her in I feel like a bouncer and I'm letting people in (laughs) Can you hear us, Pippa? You're muted when you first come in, so you might want to unmute and just give us a big Pippa hello. Hello. Hi. We've been so excited about uh, catching up with you, Pippa, because it's been a while, hasn't it? It's been bloody ages, isn't it? To be honest. Yeah. (laughs) Was it before, in between the lockdowns, when we met you at the steps? Yeah, it was. Yeah, because I came up and you, it, we, we were allowed to meet, weren't we? Yeah, or yeah. Well, <laughs> maybe. I maybe. never know what's going on if I'm honest. I, <laughs> I think but, we were allowed to meet for exercise and organised events, and um, yeah, the, because the police had turned up 
the day the week before just to check out what was going on if you remember and Manny had told them what he was doing and then we were allowed to proceed the week after as kind of an unofficial thing we couldn't advertise it as a meetup no it was just uh, this is what it is yeah yeah we, we called it now because it's it just came up to under so much scrutiny um, even though we're a charity and we're able to meet up it was just it was just not it just wasn't worth it <laughs> Oh, it makes me so sad to hear that because it's such a life-saving charity and support group. Um, we're going to talk to you more about that, actually, because when we last spoke to you on the Sober Sessions, I don't know whether you was involved as much with um, Get Fit for Mental Wellness then. But um, can I just say I love that picture behind you, Pippa? Oh, it's a wall hanging. I've got, I'm so easily sold to you on Instagram, honestly. Oh, <laughs> so am I. I'm wearing Instagram. She should have shares in Instagram and Amazon delivery. Every time I'm at her house, I'm not joking, Pippa, there's at least two not on the door every time so it's not mine I'll say come on I've known you for years it is yours you know what I've noticed about this lovely picture because you've bought that clearly from Instagram but when I buy things from Instagram like that like that's come at a good size my things turn up and they're teeny tiny I've got a Buddha picture in my in my um, bathroom which when I bought it said and I'm not I'm like measurements and maths is not my thing um, but when I bought it I said to my my partner at the time I was like how big is it was yeah he showed me how big it was and when it came it was this big and I was like that's not and I emailed him and I never heard anything back <laughs> <laughs> it happens to me all the time it's an, it's a nightmare Lisa you've yeah. got like a big issue though haven't you with like anything little like you struggle around little people you struggle around little objects you do <laughs> Do you? Well, a little bit, yeah. Not, well, <laughs> yeah, she does. She does. Wait, she do does. We need to put me on the spot there. But I think it's because I'm quite tall. So I'm five yeah. foot nine, which is quite tall for a lady, right? And I always find that all my friends are really tiny. And then when I got, and I feel uncomfortable and awkward and that's probably my own hang-up of feeling like tall and I got called lanky once when I was at primary school because I've always been tall it's not something new (laughs) and people do this thing right they said to me like oh aren't you tall oh no shit I didn't know I was small yesterday like it really (laughs) really but small people always like to comment how tall I am and I don't say to them how small you so yeah I have an hang-up she did used to phone me up if we were meeting up on a night out and she'd say like what are you wearing and I'd think oh this is nice we're, we're going to have a girl chat here about what we're wearing and she was like put heels on <laughs> she didn't really care what she was wearing she just you need to be higher yeah yeah, yeah. definitely <laughs> and I'm not sure but I am small if Lisa wears heels she's she's noticeably taller than I am in heels let's say that I don't yeah. wear I don't own heels no you don't you used to have tiny ones didn't you once upon a time Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, come on. <laughs> Move on I'm not small people with this people think I'm really uncomfortable. You're really sending me anxiety through the roof today, Alex. I know, That's I'm really being sorry. late and now, like, dropping me in it on my small people issue. <laughs> and then telling you not to worry. Like, that was dental yeah. advice. Yeah, right, oh. Pippa, you. <laughs> Over to Pippa. Tell, us, tell us about how you're finding this lockdown at the moment, Pippa, because we just had a brief chat on Instagram, and I know that I feel the same, and Lisa definitely does. Oh, with parenting and um, homeschooling. 
Yeah, I, I actually find the fact that it's Children's Mental Health Week really ironic at the moment. I find it's a, I, there's a lot of it's just. Don't, I mean, I, this is the point. I think it's very important. I think our children's mental health is, is we've never been needing to take care of it so much. But I also think I'm getting, um, you know, you know me. I'm one to look at the positives and solutions and things like that. But there's the, I, there's a lot of me that's just thinking this is crap and everyone's had enough and people have hit a wall and telling people to. Don't get me wrong. So I, I do stuff with my kids. I, you know, get them to talk about their feelings and things like that. It's not really helping them, is it? It is no. and it isn't. You know what I mean? It's not. It's, it's kind of, it's just basically just sort of brushing things under the carpet. That's what it feels like. Because at the end of the day, I think what the realisation I came to yesterday, speak, because I speak to a lot of people and I'm very honest about it on social media as well. Because I think it's, I just, I just want to call BS on so much stuff on social media where people are looking like everything's going right. And don't get me wrong, I'm the mum who's doing stair slides with mattresses and camp outs in the front room. And there's, you know, and we can do all that stuff and have fun. But there's, but I have times when I, I hit walls too and I'm just like, this is just so rubbish. They don't want to do any learning at home. Today, there's the first day in, in a week that they've actually sat down and got on with their stuff. And it's purely because what they've been given to do is is sort of fun things. Um, but but every day, every day, it's like walking through tar trying to get one. And I've got three younger ones and an older one at sixth form doing stuff at home. And they just don't, they don't want to. Why? Because they're at home. This is their home. This is their fun place. This isn't a place where they sit and do work. It's all become the same. And I don't, and I don't think that's good for their mental health. So yeah, I, I would say that we, I, I have I've definitely had mini breakdowns and to sort of two minute to, to half hour to one hour pity parties for myself. I've been in tears um, mm. uh, often, um, and uh, and just uh, and we've spoken about it. So we, we we talk a lot, me and my kids. So I think it's important to get them to talk. I think that's, that's definitely good for their mental health. But but reality, like going back to that first question, I'm finding it really challenging. I'm not not one day is some days seem to be really great and I'm, I'm so grateful to having all this time with him and other times I'm li- looking at it thinking this is what what's going to happen to these children like they're growing up with all this they're, they're scared about a virus I don't know whether they should be scared or not I'm confused they're do you know what I mean it's it's yeah. just I think it's really tough I think it's really tough and with no end date inside you know I'm really with you on this you know I've had a bit of a tough morning with my youngest daughter regarding school she hated school anyway and you know we've spoke about this a lot she's not very academic and then I go on to try and like sit down and like come on let's sit down let's see if I can help you anyway I look at the work and I'm like this is bullshit and I know it sounds really like I look at it and I'm like there's no way I know she's not going to sit and be able to do this but she's been set a lot of work to do and what she actually said to me this morning was I'm, nobody's teaching me mum they're just giving me work and I don't know how to do it and then you kind of put this pressure on yourself as a parent like I was never really academic myself school wasn't a thing that I did so to sit and try and help her with something that I in all honesty I have no clue about you kind of then start to beat yourself up a little bit like you should be able to do this and so everything comes under scrutiny and I just think it's such a difficult time for everybody I I think when it was like 
Yeah, like the first time round, it was a little bit of a novelty, wasn't it? And, we, and it was yeah. like, well, it's nice weather. So we just went out, even, you know, our hour of, of going out time when we had an hour to go out. We just went on school trips all the time. And I basically decided, because they had none of this structure back then, did they? So we, I just decided that we weren't doing the stuff in the workbooks they were giving us. We were doing the things, because that was even worse. Trying to sit around a table with bits of, with workbooks that my kids had been given, all different ages. And none of the, and again, like asking me to teach them. I was like, I'm not a teacher. don't know how to break this down for you and also you're learning in a way that I didn't learn Um, so there's there's so many there's so many derivatives and and dynamics at the moment that are just not normal and the fact is that this is supposed to be their home where they feel safe and loved and sanctuary and fun and you know all of those things and now it's having to be additional thing and like you just said earlier you hit the nail on the head they're not getting taught they're getting said work this is the sort of thing that that I find hard coaching adults to do to have discipline to self-motivate To have, and don't get me wrong, these are all great, these are great skills to learn. If they can nail it, then they're going to be flying in life. But the reality is, they're fucking kids. <laughs> and not all of them, and that's what you've just said there, Pippa, not all of them will learn it. And those that don't, the gap is going to get massive that those that can survive this and those that really can't. And what gets me, and I am an ex-teacher, remember... I've got and I've got three. Yeah, I mean, I only finished teaching like, last year. No, no, no. I, I want to. No, not at all. Uh, quite the opposite. I am a no, teacher. She's a proper teacher sometimes. And I had. Me. I am a teacher sometimes. But I've I've got three children: a fifteen-year-old, a thirteen-year-old, and a four-year-old. And to sit as a as a teacher and a parent. So from that perspective, I've not been able to do it. So if I've not been able to do it, and I've got teacher training and skills to be a teacher. How does somebody who isn't qualified and trained to do that do it? And I'll tell you, I haven't been able to been able to do it. Is number one, like you've just pointed out, there's no differentiation between home life and school life. So my four year old wants to sit and play on Mario Kart. He doesn't want to sit and learn phonics with mummy because mummy's not that person in his life. And you know, he'll happily sit and read with me for half an hour every now and again. But when I'm saying, can you stop rolling on the floor with that? bag of crisps up your nose and you know and just do some phonics and he's like yeah but look mommy look at me you know it's 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 not it's not right and and the, and the other aspect is it's so inconsistent across the country my eldest two are getting full live lessons with teachers there i cannot fault the provision the school has got but not everybody's getting that so i'm no. very lucky with my elder two, they're, they're off doing their work now. They're in front of teachers. They're taking a register. They're able to speak to the teachers and ask for help. They're being shown things. Fantastic provision. Can't fault it. It's so unbalanced and unequal across the country. I've, I've got my little one in school now so after a fight Have because you, of the yeah. work that I do coaching and, I've, and my husband's out at work. And I said, I cannot provide him an environment. He was getting left on his own for four and five hours a day in front of yeah, the TV. Kind of work. That's, yeah, that's not good. Funny. This is, and I'm, I'm, so I'm, I'm blessed in the way that, I mean, I'm a key worker, so my, my kids could go to school, but I made the decision at the beginning because before Christmas, they were all, all four of them at the same time had to come home because a child in each of their classrooms was self-isolating. So I was like, I can't do that. I need to know no. where I'm at. I can't have Absolutely. them going in and coming out. I don't think that's good for anyone. So we made a choice because we can do it. Myself and my ex made a choice. We can do it. So let's do it. It worked when we were together last year. It's not working the same anymore. <laughs> because because this, like, because again, I'm putting, like someone said earlier, like I'm putting pressure on myself to be um to be to to be to the fact that I feel like I've got to get this stuff done. And I've communicated with the school. And actually I, I messaged, I emailed the school yesterday saying, I'm sat in tears. 
I'm a fun mum. I get on the level. We go to the skate park. I'm skating with them, not watching them. I get in and I, te- I teach them in any way that I possibly can. And I feel like I'm somebody who comes up with solutions. I'm breaking. I've had enough. And it's starting to affect my relationship with my children. Yeah. And that's not fair. And that's unhealthy. It's unhealthy for me and it's unhealthy for them. And But what I do often think is, thank fuck I'm sober. Yeah, well, I was I'm, just going to ask you I that. Was, I was just, just going to ask that. <laughs> <laughs> because, I just know, because I know that my old self would have found it just, that would have been what I looked forward to every day. Just get through to, and then I probably, probably would have gone earlier and earlier and earlier, but it would have just been like, just get through to then and then you can just, you know, just or not not consciously thinking, forget everything, forget about everything. Because I've never thought that in my entire life. Life. however the, that would that would have been the process let's just you know just just knock a bottle of wine back and be looking forward to that time when I can have mum time you know and time out yeah. with my kids and, and then even saying that out loud makes me feel incredibly guilty you know yeah you know I think I mean? we've all been there though and I mean you've seen the BBC news report out yesterday haven't you about the more deaths from alcohol than kind of no, and even when I read that today, because I saw Sophie Dave um, uh, share it today, and I shared it on, I was like, but even that, that's just the surface level. No one ever really knows how much alcohol's um, killed people because no one ever knows that that suicide was down to alcohol or was affected yeah. by alcohol. Yeah, it's not included. Documented. It's not just not, is it? So it's that's well, that's the bare minimum, really. The bare minimum that you can that, that people can actually equate to have um, alcohol being involved. It's, it's just so awful. sad. It's so sad. And last February, when it all started, well, March time, definitely. Lisa and I started to carry a survey out, and we finished it in June. And we have been harping this message out since June that the real pandemic, not that there isn't a real pandemic, but the real pandemic here is about to arrive. And it's going to be alcohol-induced and alcohol-related. And now all of a sudden the BBC's jumped on it and everybody's suddenly going, oh, well, we've got a problem with alcohol. Yeah, they kept the off-licenses open when they closed the gyms. What do you think? I just wrote a post about this on Instagram. It's just infuriating that, you know, when I go to the post office, I have to lean my letters on piles of alcohol because they've filled the shelves that much that there's no room for it. Like, I sit there, like, my letters are on beers and wine it's just absolutely ridiculous and then they wonder why it's we say so we've been saying haven't we Lisa about this for a while and about the message that's getting pushed home about you need alcohol have alcohol and basically you know anyone in the healthcare profession that isn't looking at alcohol consumption as part of their well-being provision is doing a massive injustice to the public. Anybody, anybody saying, I'm all about mental health, I'm all about physical health, I'm all about this. If you're not looking at alcohol, you're not all about mental health and wellbeing. It's a disservice. They're doing it a disservice. We say this. It's so frustrating to kind of see these memes that you see or yoga teachers bending down and getting the bottle of wine. And, and you know, it's at, at one time, it's something that I would have found funny. Or, you know, like these mums dipping straws into wine cartons and passing it around. I'd have found, I would have found it funny. And I suppose that's, we didn't know then it's what so you don't know you know we don't, can't yeah. be too hard on people like for goodness sake I was a health coach and used to help people try and fit their gin into their amount of calories each week do you know what I mean I thought I were helping them out and I didn't know and I'm absolutely devastated to look back at that's what I did and now I'd go in ranting like you're doing it a disservice but um we don't know until we know do we 
No, and I think that they're because that because we do have to be very careful not to judge people and and people because people. I was just I literally went for a run this morning with a guy, a friend of mine, a new friend of mine, and um, he he he's quite a heavy drinker normally, and he's not at the moment. He's had he's having a break, and we were talking about relationship with alcohol. And we were talking about that exact thing as well, like how you can't, like like I say to him, I don't judge anyone for where they're at. If you are truly, truly, truly happy with yourself and, and yes. this is okay and you're okay with the facts that and, and the facts, you're okay with the facts. Do you know what I mean? Because I think it's, it's, it, it's just being that honest, isn't it? Because that's what I, I can only speak from my own experience. My own experience was I was being so dishonest with myself mm-hmm. and lying to myself all the time and justifying. And I always say like, when you justify a behavior, there is something wrong. When you're questioning something, like I said to him, I'm literally running. I was like, the thing is, what it came down to was this. <laughs> <laughs> what it came down to was this, that, you know, if I, the fact that I was even questioning my relationship with alcohol or wondering if I had a problem or not, that one, that one thought once alone would have been enough to know that's not normal. If you're questioning or doubting something, it's, there's something wrong about anything. You know what I mean? With a relationship with anyone, like another human being, a friend or whatever, if there's something, if there's an element of doubt there, then there's something, there is something not right. And so something needs addressing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. There's something, something needs addressing. And maybe it's that you actually kind of look at your consumption or whatever. But for me, it was very, very clear. This is, I'm, I'm not doing myself. And the same as you as well, actually, uh, Lisa, like I was, I I was working in our own business, all about health and wellbeing. Oh, I'm so health and wellbeing. And, you know, like Zen and then necking wine behind the closed doors and no one knew that. So, it's like that I, I was constantly felt like a fraud in my own yeah. in my own purpose in life you so, say that a lot don't you Lisa I do and I never realized at the time that is what it was I didn't realize until I stopped drinking how dishonest I'd been with myself what a fraud I'd felt you know like the relief when I'd stopped to think like yeah I I just didn't I kind of didn't realize anything I stopped quite suddenly like I think I shocked myself so all the learning came afterwards and all the reasons came afterwards it was like ah stop because of this or I did that does that make sense it wasn't like a big thing I just stopped and then everything kind of you then learn how negatively it was impacting you didn't you yeah. yeah. Do, do you yeah. think that we have the facts as a society? Because I really, I've got a massive bee in my bonnet about this because we don't, we know loads about no cigarettes. The label it up. <laughs> <laughs> right. you know, but, but we don't get told about it being a carcinogen. We do not know. No. told. No, and, and I think, and you know, you get like a little survey if you go to the doctors, like how much you drink yeah. and who, who fills that in, right? I mean, first of all, really, who actually knows what a unit is and stuff? Because I didn't, but I could tell you how many bottles of wine I drank. Yeah. I couldn't tell. So when it puts it into units, it's almost it's almost making it easy for people to tell a lie, I yeah. think. It's it puts the barrier up, doesn't it? It yeah, puts that different. barrier up of like, just ask us what we drink and let us write it on. Yeah, I, I, And I, I did know the units and I used to lie. So I used yeah, to look at the speaking. units and go like this. Okay, three, four bottles of wine, about nine in a bottle. So, okay, right. Legal. And I knew the legal limit. I was well with it because I was teaching it in PSG, <laughs> for goodness sake. 14 units. Yeah, I'll go for 10. I promise you I did I know. Go a bit under. <laughs> Round it down. You, did, you kind of disassociate yourself with it, don't That's you? Like you word. said, I've never, th- I've never thought of it like this. But if actually you had to write down the drinks you drank, you would definitely definitely be questioning the amount of drinks you drank wouldn't you when it's done as numbers you're just like oh yeah it's just just yeah I've never thought of that 
But I don't, but I think your question, Alex, no, I don't. I don't think that when I read um, Alcohol Explained, I felt like it was like, why, why is this not available? Of course, I know why it's not available for the, for people just to kind of be aware of, because otherwise people would stop seriously. If you knew, and this is it, isn't it? It's about, because I think it's about when I used to teach with about food and, and thing, looking at labels and stuff. If you, the only thing you can hope is if you're educated enough that you'll then make the right choices for you, what's best for you. So all these people who are kind of drink, drinking and going, I'm okay with drinking. I really like drinking. It's fine. Like my friend today who I'm running with, I wonder how he'd feel. I don't know, but I wonder how he'd feel if he actually read that book, for example, and looked at the facts as to actually, the facts are the facts, the science is the science. You know, that you drinking that alcohol and drinking it to the excess that you are is 100% going to have a negative impact on your life at some point. Yeah. Whether it's happening now, because it's going on internally, it's just easy to, to, to not to just go, oh, I'm all right, I feel all right, I don't really get hung over or, you know, get the odd headache. That's just like normal. That's what everyone else is doing. Do you know what I mean? So you kind of like, yeah. you don't realise the actual, the, 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 the damage that it's doing to you internally, let alone in your mindset until you, until you stop. It's so funny because, well, it's not funny at all, actually. I don't know why I even said that. But I um, I had a conversation with my cousin's husband not very long ago about this. And I said, look, you know, Professor Nutt has said that if it was tested to the same standards as other drugs are now and discovered as a brand new drug, it would be illegal. It wouldn't be made legal. It'd be a class B slash class A drug. And actually only half a glass a year of wine is con- would be considered safe. And he went like this, and I swear to God, he went... Where have you heard that bullshit from? I was like, hello? <laughs> <laughs> he was the government's oh, drug advisor. Yeah. Because people like, like I was saying earlier to my friend, I was like, the, 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 the irony is that people say to me, why don't you drink? But my question right back is, tell me, tell me, I'll tell you plenty of reasons. I've, I've got, I've got tons. How long have you got? You tell me one reason why you're drinking. Yeah. One reason. Do you know what I mean? I enjoy it. Do you? What do you enjoy about it? I'm so intro I'm totally intrigued because I look back when I go out and I do things that I thought I still like to do, but I've realized I just don't. I went to a nightclub with uh, friends when you were allowed to. Remember those days? And um <laughs> we went we went out and it was um and everyone the next day I just remember them saying what a great night they had and I was like, yeah, I I don't remember you having a good night actually yeah. well, I mean you would I don't know how you even know you had a good night because I don't remember your night like, you stand <laughs> up. at one point you had to I had to prop you up so the bouncers didn't kick us out but it's like but then they were oh great night great night and I was there thinking what what was great about it you don't actually know because you weren't present that's why it was great had you been present you realized you would have realized it was a shit club the music was dire and and there was no atmosphere but none of you noticed that because all of you were drunk and that's what made it good so it's just like so what is it that you actually enjoy about it that and I and I know that that might sound it, it can sound like judging it's not it's just that I've had it's just that I've like in, I guess like enlightened but I've woken up to kind of realize and question myself if you've if you've got a legitimate reason crack on like this is your life you do what you want I'm just interested to know have you ever really thought is does what what is it about alcohol that you really really like or enjoy or what is good about it in your life is it you know because I I questioned that to my friend who was running today and he just said well all the shit things that ever happened all the bad mistakes I've ever made have pretty much been because of alcohol well. yeah <laughs> there you go do you know what we get um and I know two people one was yesterday on the radio and another one in my personal life who actually the answer is I like the taste now I would have said I like the taste until I realized that when I actually open a bottle of 
you know, alcohol-free beer, which tastes the same. Let's not pretend it doesn't because it tastes the same. I only drink one. (laughs) And if I like the taste, why am I not drinking 10 like I would have done with Corona? And it's because it's not numbing me out. I'm present and I realise that I've had enough fluid in my body and I'm not going, oh, give me some more so that I can carry on feeling the buzz the buzz yeah, yeah. exactly if I would never have just had one drink anyway I'm not that I said again this morning I was like I absolutely saw no point in it it doesn't taste nice it's what's the point unless I'm going to have that feeling that buzz that I've oh I'm oh I'm everyone's friend you know that kind of feeling um unless I had that feeling then I didn't and I'm, I'm everyone's friend anyway so I don't know why but honestly <laughs> when I really look at it I was like why was a strange thing I did I actually was that fun and crazy and stupid and dickish without a drink yeah. anyway but I think um but yeah I just I think it just makes me feel sad to think that people my mum grew up telling me you don't have to drink to have a good time Pippa and I was like what does she know um but turns out actually she knew she knew everything you don't have to drink to have a good time and actually you have a better time if you're not drunk because you you remember it all or you don't you don't have a good time and so you don't go and do it again but if you're drunk you do it again all the time like how how many times you have the same conversations with the same people with this in the same situation it's just like this is actually really boring it is it's so interesting you've said that about like the clubs because me and Alex had this conversation the other day and again something that I only realised like two and a half years after stopping drinking I was like you know what Alex I never liked going to clubs anyway that's why I always got so pissed because the awkwardness of standing about you know being tall and all that (laughs) (laughs) Come back. The awkwardness and, <laughs> and the not, you know, like I used to really struggle with silences, which I'm learning a lot more about in yeah. meditation, which I know you do. Um, so like you can't hear people proper in a club. So what what's so enjoyable about it? Like I'd be so awkward now. But also something else that you just said was, you know, if people are enjoying it, then crack on. If they can honestly say they are enjoying it. When um, we went to a social event that Catherine Gray actually hosted in Manchester, it was one of my first ever sober socials and I was so anxious and nervous about going in and I mean really really palpitations and everything it seemed like the longest walk ever and one of the girls that was there asked um Catherine Gray a question and she said well what if I enjoy drinking like why why should I stop and I was like, and we all were a bit baffled, like, you're at a sober event, that's a bit weird to ask that question. <laughs> and she was obviously giving sober a try, and she she was doing the sober spring, and Catherine just went, well, carry on then. And I just <laughs> thought, well, yeah, it's as simple as that, isn't it? If you don't want to stop, don't stop. But it was really like... Yeah, just, well, if you like it, carry on. And I was, like, well blown away by that sentence. Yeah, because it, it is because it's personal, though, isn't it? Like, I can't, I, I, I personally, if someone was to say to me, do you think it's better to be sober or to drink? Um, then I'd say I'll, I'll be sober, because like I said to you, there was, there was, it got to the point where I was just kind of put a list together mentally in my mind. You know, what what does um, drinking give me and what does being, what does not drinking, you know, there there is no list for drinking. There's nothing yeah. at all that drinking gives me that I didn't have already. The things that I thought it gave me was confidence, you know, the fun factor, life and soul of the party, wild child. I have all of that in, in abundance, you know, and I, and, um, and I don't, and I, so, and I don't have that, you know, I mean, I've, I'm doing the 12 steps of AA at the moment because I'm so intrigued to know how different recovery things work and stuff like that. And, um, and, and I, I'm like, 
sitting in the rooms, you know, with people and them talking. And I, you feel like I, can, I just know what they're talking about. And they speak a different language. And therefore, I kind of understood myself more of a level that I am. An, I do have, I am, and I am. And I wouldn't say, I don't call myself uh, an alcoholic because I'm not anymore. Alcohol is not a problem for me. It's not even a thing. It's not even, a, it doesn't even exist in my life or anything. It's just so, I'm so, I've literally just gone. Oh, I'm over it, aren't you? Well over yeah, it. I'll never go back. And but, but I understand, I understand that there are different levels of this and it affects people in different ways. And some people, if it wasn't for those rooms in AA, would probably be an alcoholic and dead on a yeah, bench yeah. or something like that in a couple of years time. So um, I appreciate and I respect what it's there for. But I'm not stuck in in, in a in a def- definition of what I was. I do recognise that I am different, and I do recognise, and I and I also relate to the fact that when I took a drink, as they would call it in the book, um, that I that it was almost like an allergic reaction. Like I was so different, and my friends would never like me, and I knew that. I knew that I drank differently than them, and and we'd all get drunk together and have fun together. But I would then go out the next day and do the same thing. I knew that there was there was this thing in me that just wanted more, 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 and could never stop. So I really relate to that aspect of. Of, of what I've learned you know mm. through a and, and addiction but I don't identify myself as an alcoholic because I'm absolutely 100% not I'm literally the complete opposite you know there is it's just because it's not there is it's like you know when there literally is no other option this is that is who I am I don't I'm sober and I'll never ever ever in my whole entire lifetime pick up another drink again because it's just not a, it's not a thing you know it, so interesting that you've just said that because we had a whole conversation I don't know if you heard it um, on our last podcast about the word alcoholic and if you look at the de- uh, the dictionary definition and you've just said it well I suppose I was an alcoholic because if you look at the dictionary de- definition yes I can relate to the fact that I didn't I've never been the image of an alcoholic but the actual literal meaning of it then yes okay but, but what is so like you yeah well that's what I mean the stereotype we conjure yeah, up the stereotype on a bench and with a paper bag or, or perception sneaky, exactly sneaky under your bed or something it's like exactly it's, 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 yeah exactly and then and then there's the next step which was recovery and I said this last week and I don't class myself as in recovery either and I came out with something that seemed to go down quite well that was in a period of self-discovery that that's where I am I'm in discovery it's not I'm not an alcoholic I'm not in recovery and we don't need to stick ourselves in these boxes is what we decided I think I think it's I think I believe that there's it's necessary to to kind of describe something so people can relate to it because there are people who are in recovery and that process of them being in recovery is very much needed they need that structure and stuff like that but I'm such a believer in that the past doesn't define you but it does teach you about yourself excuse me and it can and it can give you um and if you don't you have to see my biggest someone said to me the other day like what's your what's your thing what do you do I help people to get brutally honest with themselves and then and then and then and then move into the move into their greatness that's what I do you know and that's what I and that's what I believe in and that's that's what I speak as well is because I really hundred percent believe that like epiphany after epiphany after epiphany you know when you start doing the step whatever it is where you do your resentments and stuff my biggest resentment was myself actually and interestingly as I was working through these resentments I'd answered them all I knew that I took responsibility for everything no one or nothing or nobody ever made me who I was you know it's so easy to go oh well I was in such a terrible relationship and it's so shit so I'm just going to drink what a load of crap <laughs> what that's ridiculous what so yeah. someone else so you're you're in the relationship with somebody else they're not 
trapping you in their house. You know what I mean? I mean, it might be, but you know what I mean? Like, you're not, you're not, you're not being forced. You're making a choice. Every single day we make choices. Yeah. And it was my choice to keep drinking or not to keep drinking. It was my choice to stay in a relationship where it was toxic and like, oh, he's such a narcissist. And all that stuff really pisses me off now. This is the other thing I'm kind of passionate about. Because I just think, stop it. Stop it and own it. Own everything. Yes. You can't blame, you can't go, I'll own it all but that. It's like loving, it's like, I love you unconditionally, but but not that bit. Well, that's not unconditional then, is it? You know, it's so true. It's just, you've just got to be in order, because people say, I don't know about you ladies, but people say, oh, how did you do it? You know, especially in AA, they're, they're, like, they yes. think there's a magic potion or something that I did that I was like, no, I just literally looked at myself in the mirror. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Who the fuck are you? And is this the person you, is this who, is this it? Do you know what I mean? Like you were born to do way more than that. This isn't who you, this is not who you can, you can make a change. You can just, just make a decision and a choice and then just do something different. And it literally comes down to the point where it is that easy. And I get with addiction where you kind of, you're addicted to something because I was addicted to alcohol. So I do understand that, but, but you almost have, I, I just felt like in my mind, I pushed myself into a corner where I'd, where I'd pissed myself off as well as other people so much that I was just so sick of myself and my, and my excuses. And I was tired. I was so tired of it all. I was tired of pretending to do this and do this. And just, I felt like this imposter in my own life. Like if I was literally doing an Oscar winning performance every single day, showing up, living and then going home and, and being just deeply unhappy. And so I think it's just that it comes down to choices and decisions, but the only person who's ever going to change anything in your life is you. The only person who can ever do the work is you. You can go to all the therapy, you can go to all the AAs, you can listen to all the podcasts, you can listen to all the inspiration, you can read all the books and they're brilliant. But, the, but if you don't actually do the work like in this, this is amazing, by the way, like that, you know, you, you, read, you read a book and then it says, do, you know, action, like do this stuff, action. And people go, yeah brilliant oh I'm going to be like awakened now and it's like it's not you have to do the work you've got to show up every day and either not do the stuff that's that's, that's killing you inside or or do the stuff that's that's enhancing you and it comes down to that doesn't it it's, it's so true everything. and through coaching must get off you sorry I just started at the same time I was just gonna say about through coaching when some people turn up and they just imagine that you're gonna cure them <laughs> Yeah, we do though don't we let's be honest and that's this is the point let's be really honest you know if people we live in that society as well we want a pill take a pill you don't have to do any work you can still eat everything you're eating before and you're going to lose body fat and probably die in the, in the, in the you know in the process we won't tell you that's in the small print but the point is that people people want because they're just like i'm so busy you know my belief is that everyone's the busy you know the, the biggest addiction in the world is people being busy yeah. and so everyone's so busy i take the time yeah. so i just want to take a pill or just tell me what i need to do it's like well you you need to work on yourself <laughs> we yeah, don't want to do it a lot when um with our groups and you know we've got quite a busy and active facebook group and it's the same when i say about health coaching i used to have a really really busy busy group it had a good name people used to come from far and wide because if they came to my group they would lose weight and they'd love it and they'd be enjoy it but the amount of people that used to walk through the door and just think they would immediately just lose weight because they've come to a really good group and it's like no you've got to do it like we'll tell you and we'll give you all the tips and all the tools but you have to do it and it's the same in our group isn't it it is and you did it with me lisa you did it with me you know and I, and, I, and that's what i wanted to to um draw to is i 
I make no kind of secret of some of my childhood experiences. And certainly in my 30s, I used that as my excuse to remain trapped in drinking. And then every time I had a drink, I'd be crying, oh, it's because of this, it's because, just like you've described. And, you know, Lisa used to say to me, in, in a really nice way, not in the way that I would go, stop worrying when she's got anxiety, right? <laughs> in a really nice way. Look, Alex, this is in the past. That is, that's happened. You can't change that. You can't go back and undo it. Now you have to accept it and decide what you're going to do differently about your life. And it's, it's only when you wake up and you make the decision for you, this is my life, this is my story, and this is how my story is going to end that you can make those changes. And, and you know, Lisa did that with me as well. So I, I get it. So, you know, we're talking now about this happening. We, I'm sure all three of us have at some point sat in a bubble of self-pity thinking this isn't yeah. fair. Because, because as well, like, I think it's, there's two things. It's firstly, did you not find out about sobriety that you just think, right, okay, I'm going to stop drinking and I'm just going to be fixed as a human being? Because I did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, maybe I didn't say that out loud to myself, but I kind of thought, oh, God, thank God, that's gone now. So I, I can just, you know, step into my greatness immediately. But it's taken two and a half years or definitely two years to, to actually really go, oh, okay, like I've dealt with a lot of my shit. I've faced a lot of my demons. I've worked through behavioral patterns, which was my biggest thing was behavioral patterns. What is What are the patterns that I'm trying to break? And I think this is the thing is that people people want the change, but they're not willing to do what it takes to have it. And, and we all know the definition of insanity is to, is to do the same thing, is to be doing the same thing, but expecting a different outcome. But that's what people are doing. They're, con- they're literally stuck in this cycle of, I, I really want things to change, but you obviously don't. And that's, yeah. and that's just me being really saying it with, you know, with love. I mean it with love. If you wanted it enough, you'd make it happen. But, but people almost get so caught in the wheel of just being a martyr, like moaning about everything, about how things are so rubbish over there. But it's just like, but you could, you can just, you could just literally do some change, but people are not willing to, 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 first of all, to be brutally honest with themselves because mm. it hurts it yeah, hurts to be honest does. with yourself and but the thing is the reality is you're either going to suffer two, one of two things the pain of self-discipline or the pain of regret there's no other thing the pain of self-discipline or the pain of regret one of two things and but people just keep they keep doing the same thing same thing pattern 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 moaning 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 I need someone to help me there is no one coming to save you nobody's so, going to come to save you you have to do it for this is why I've been excited to do this podcast with you, Pippa, because I think, you, Frank, you get to the point and you're, you're just like so honest about yourself and about other people's recovery or discovery or whatever we want to name it. it it's, it's been, I know people listening to this are going to have those little epiphanies of, oh my God, I've been sat just waiting for this to happen for me. You know what else? Some people will, won't want to wear it. Yeah, they won't and like that, it. That's the other thing. There's some people that will just go, oh, she doesn't understand or they don't understand because of what exactly what you say. Sometimes um, it, it hurts, to be honest. I just hurt. think, yeah. And do you know what? Um, what I would say to anyone who's in that camp, as in, the, oh, whatever, she doesn't know what she's talking about. I really fucking do. Because <laughs> I've, I've been where you've been. I mean it. And I say it with love. Like, I've been where you've been. I can remember, do you know what? A, a memory came up um, a week ago. And I, I trained on an Arbonne thing yesterday. It was like for 400 people. It's amazing. My favourite place where I feel most at home. And I got asked to train at one of our leadership academies in front of 400 people. This is in person back in those days. Um, a couple of years ago, obviously it was over two years ago because I was drinking at the time. And I was, it was such an honour 
honor to have been asked by like my friend Sarah who I massively respect she's coached me for years and it was like oh my god like she's asked me to tell my story and to train on you know I was so excited and the night before we went to a wedding and someone was meant to be picking me up from the wedding to go there I got so off my head not just on um, drink but um, coke as well so I got fucked smashed and the next day I missed my alarm and I missed that training and I and when I when I woke up and I had that it was the most awful thing but interestingly I managed to somehow go well I've owned it so that's fine and convince myself but internally was just like how I was so embarrassed in the shame of not because it hadn't just affected me it affected like a whole training day they had to then kind of like someone else it was awful a month and a half no on the very next training session three months later I got asked to speak again and and that for me like it makes me want to cry now because like the belief that somebody else saw in me when I couldn't quite see it myself and rather than saying to me you shouldn't be doing this you shouldn't be doing that that person basically just put her hand down to pull me up and showed me what I was capable of because the more that people show you what you're capable of the more you want to do it and I think the flip side of that is I love my friends so much and they all drink. But the amount of times that my friends would excuse my horrendous behaviour never helped me. There was one point I almost wanted them to say, if you carry on like this, Pippa, I'm not going to see you ever again. And it took a friend, one of my friends in particular, actually, she was pregnant at the time and she was really hormonal, thank fuck. And I really fucked up at her wedding and I, I, I got really drunk. I don't remember, I blacked out because I started to experience blackouts. I had someone up against the wall, someone like me, like literally like someone up against the wall um, and I was vile to somebody, the words that were coming out of my mouth. And then I woke up literally in that situation crying because I knew I'd done something, but I couldn't remember what. Um, and the next day again, and I could I could feel myself justifying these things. So it's, in two days, you'll be fine about it. Don't worry about it, but just let it blow over. And because I'd owned it and gone to see her, but she had a really stern talk with me that week um, about my behaviour. It wasn't about the drinking, it was about my whole behaviour. And I'm so grateful to her because even though that wasn't the, the, the thing that then made me go, right, that's it. Two weeks later, I did make the decision to become sober. But I was almost like, I was almost desperate for somebody else to make that decision for me because I just felt... I, but I, and it's hard to explain because if I in that time if you were to hear me speaking at the time I didn't know I was that unhappy yeah. I didn't know yeah. that I was unhappy I didn't know that the drink was making me unhappy I didn't remember that I'd been 10 years that I'd been having these conversations over and over again yeah. so, so to anyone who's in that place at the moment where I say anything that makes you feel uncomfortable I really recommend it that's because and I think I believe that that's because I've said something that's hitting a nerve with you that you're not being honest with yourself because if you were all okay and you were happy with yourself and happy and happy with everything in your life and your behaviors and everything then me saying anything today would not be making you go making you uncomfortable it just wouldn't you know what I want to just say something about that. So we and we've talked about this before, but we did um, a workplace presentation for a, a company, a, a very large company, and we didn't get taken up on doing the actual presentation afterwards because people felt uncomfortable with us saying that alcohol is addictive. That was it. That was the crux of it. I mean, it went on. We got, Lisa got called. <laughs> No, it was not Lisa. We got called. It was Lisa. We got called evangelical. Yeah. (laughs) Because we said that alcohol is addictive and anybody can become addicted and they didn't want to hear it. And we felt really glad. What they wanted is they wanted a story from two alcoholics. That's what they wanted. They didn't want to know what they were doing 
at a weekend or every night and you and you know yeah this could be a bit judgy but you could tell they were boozers couldn't you on, yeah. on the zoom yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um but but you could and they didn't want to hear it at all that like they didn't want to hear we were like them yes yeah, they, they wanted us to be like on the floor, alcoholics with And here's my rising. And, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what they wanted. And they didn't get it what they got. What were. They, yeah. they, they had to question their own drinking. And when they did, and the only regret I have out of that whole meeting is that we didn't say that if there is anything that has made you feel uncomfortable today, then Look please inward. go and ask yourself why. Like, Look have inward. a real good That's the only thing that I wished that I'd said to him that day it's a good learning <laughs> I know. Oh, yeah it's, fantastic it's so interesting isn't it because it's like when friendship groups I mean I definitely have my wine friends my ones that I would call because it was a great I knew that I could go around there and drink a bottle of wine and then drive my kids home and they weren't going to say anything it's mm. awful really um yes. but they but sh- and they still do drink heavily you know and and it, it does make people feel uncomfortable it would have made me feel uncomfortable I know yeah. it did I, I once said famously in my own world um that if you if you don't if, if i thought if, if you can't don't trust anyone who's not drinking it's just weird yeah lisa <laughs> yeah that's, that's what, what you used to say don't trust yeah like... but basically that just that just put, put more perceptual means that but why why does that make us feel uncomfortable because that person if they're not drinking you're getting drunk then you know that you're not do you know what i mean that you could do anything say anything and you've no idea and, and anything could go wrong and they're there and they're aware and conscious of everything so it oh, does make comfortable. yeah it does definitely and so I, 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 I do get it like I I don't I have a I mean I, like I say I'm mad wild anyway so that's that's kind of my personality but, but quite often I actually feel drunk if I'm honest when I'm out of my friends who are drinking we went out on a boozy brunch a couple of years ago and honestly like I, I was rolling down the hills with them at the end when they were they were smashed and it was and it was so funny and then I just drove everyone home <laughs> <laughs> they were all bruised and battered didn't remember it and you're like I've had a great time rolling down hills and people think I'm drunk because the thing is that I don't know about you ladies but I realised that the drunk feeling that I loved is actually something you get you know when you laugh so much that snot comes out your nose and, and you can't <laughs> breathe and you're with a friend and no one can remember what you started laughing about in the first place and you're literally like your eyes go like slits and you can't you know what I mean like that 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 makes me feel drunk. That's the same feeling. That's that was the feeling that I yeah. used to get drunk for was to have that height or music for me because I love music and I love dancing and I love and I love dance music and I love all music and I think that as much as I've not gone out to the clubs that we went to, it's just because it wasn't my kind of music. But gigs and stuff like that, I feel high as a kite. I feel yeah. like I've done a line of coke, but without the anxiety. <laughs> oh yeah, without the damage. Without the damage. I'm just so glad, Pippa, that we all met sober because I think if we'd have met years ago in our drinking days I think it would have been absolutely horrific Carnage. we'd have probably had some <laughs> yeah we'd have probably had some good times but honestly I'm so pleased that we've met you and the like the real genuine authentic version of Pippa yeah. because you are all them things you are incredible do you know what's really lovely is that I believe that now and when I went on this run this morning I was talking to Robin about it and I said to him like the, I, I, I often think and I'm grateful to I always, one of my biggest gratitudes I'm grateful to myself for myself that's one of my first things I'll say and it's because when, I, when I'm here and I'm, I'm running along with Robin and we're chatting away and I said the thing is that I wanted to be this person I wanted to be this person so much not just sober but the person who was living who was impeccable with her word the one who was doing all the things that she said she was going to do not the ones you kept 
quitting and making excuses or the one who kind of tried things or whatever the one who's so honest and isn't afraid to, to be who she is or to say what she wants or to to stand in her truth because I used to not you be that person so I'm so I'm so grateful but it all started with making that decision not to not to drink anymore because that was the biggest thing that was influencing all of the other negative stuff it all kind of came from that point it's what you say Lisa isn't it that everything good in your life has now come from and stemmed from when you got sober everything everything a, a good few times a week if not probably every day I, I say something has happened because I'm sober or maybe it's that I appreciate it so much more because I'm sober I wouldn't have noticed it before I think gratitude has a lot to be said for and I think it's so cliche isn't it the you know you see it all over Instagram about being grateful and your gratitude and writing it down but it is incredible it really does make a difference and you have to feel it as well and say to people yeah gratitude you can't don't just write it down because it's ticking a box because you've been told to do it do it because you and feel it you've got to feel it as if you can smell it breathe it it's in your body um and that's and that's the thing isn't it and it's it's, a, it's, it's just when I talk to people about sober and drinking and stuff I'm just like you have to make the decision what's best for you you really do but like you said the, the clarity and everything that's come from it what I was going to say is that it's not all like you know rainbows and unicorns is it They're also what's happened from being sober is that I've um, I've had to really get in touch with some stuff that I don't like about myself you know and, and recognise my behaviour patterns and actually I get overwhelmed which is which is another reason why I, re- I understand that I used to drink this is why I say with the homeschooling going right back to what we talked at the beginning the home learning um it would definitely have been a reason for me to drink because I get overwhelmed. I've got three really, really, which is so crazy. Because when, if you met, I don't know if you've met my kids, but they're like, they're like, yeah, me we met two the, of them, like on safe ease, basically. <laughs> like, they're, they're like brilliant. They're, they're full of energy. They fight bicker and they're always answering and they've always got an answer for everything and they're just they're full on brilliant full of life it's really hard to parent and it's really hard to parent when you're a parent who gets overwhelmed with noise yeah yeah (laughs) I I find it really challenging I I sometimes feel like I need to wear those like um those defenders like to just get get rid of all the noise like you know I could be rocking in the corner sometimes and that's why I cry a lot and I make kids see me crying all the time but I'm all right about that because I'd much rather than have this mum than the one that they had before. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And to see you crying healthily than to see you sat in a corner drinking. Wow, it's got to be, you know, well, it is. Yeah, my frustration and my lack of being able to control a situation, as in control my children, comes out in tears and, and things like that, or maybe sometimes shouting, which I apologise for you, or I swear, you know, and I work on all that stuff. Because that's the other thing is that... <laughs> I really, this is another one of my big beliefs. No one's ever going to fucking arrive like that. Ooh, oh, I'm <laughs> a bloody magic carpet. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, so you're never going to arrive. And I don't believe that I'm better than anyone else. I'm just so fucking pleased that I'm better than the person that that, that was before. But I'm also, because the paradox of everything, really grateful for that Pippa. You know, because that Pippa kept trying and trying and trying to be sober and was just could not see the because she was so in the fog, she couldn't quite see. But I'm so proud of her for keeping going because I didn't think that I was a determined person. And I didn't think I had discipline and I didn't think that I had, um, you know, uh, resilience and all these things. I wanted to be that person, but I didn't realize I had it. That's, you know, that saying that you know, had power all along. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, that that is, is so true, but you don't realise that until you connect the dots looking backwards. You can't connect. Yeah. Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs said this in one of my favourite ever speeches. But you cannot connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. But you just have to keep showing up and 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 making the choices and the decisions that you know serve you best. And if you make a decision that doesn't serve you, then just learn from it. 
<laughs> and don't keep repeating it because otherwise you're going to keep getting the same thing. <laughs> oh, you know what, Pippa? I honestly think people are going to get so much out of this and we could go on all know, day. Sorry. We really could. <laughs> no, you'll be sorry. Honestly, I'd look, I, I want to get you back on again because I don't think we're finished, even though we have to finish. We're not finished. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I love about you, Pippa? Honestly, everything that you say, I'm like, yes, 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 yes. You are everything I want to say, but you articulate it perfectly. I need you to walk around with me all the time and say it. This is why we have guests on our podcast, Lisa, because we can stick them in front and go, yeah, yeah, what she said. (laughs) Yeah, everything that she says. That is it. Thank you. Honestly, thank you. One of the last things that Robin said to me this morning we were running was that um, the thing is that you're in this really good position to do this because you're charismatic and all these things. And you're like, and I said, yeah, you're right. I knew that I was here to do something special, but I take that in and I don't, and again, that's something, it's a practice. Like, take the fucking compliments. When someone's telling you something nice, don't bat it back. Oh, this old thing. It's from Narnia. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, no, take it. Like, just own that stuff. Someone's saying something really nice to you that's probably nicer than you say to yourself. So, but he's, but, but he's, he's right. And that's because of the work that I do. I consistently work on myself. And so, yeah, of course I've earned that, that kind of, that feeling to feel good about myself, you know? So, yeah. Oh, well, you should Thank feel you. good about yourself because you're amazing. And can you just tell people before we go where they can find you, Pippa? Because I'm going to have a little flock, I reckon. <laughs> Thank you. So uh, on Instagram, I'm mum on fire. There's dots in between. So it's mum.on.fire. And on Facebook, I've got a Facebook page, uh, just mum on fire on there as well. Oh, well, I hope people follow you. They should do. You're a massive inspiration to both of us. And we're really grateful you came on. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Pippa. <laughs> See you soon. <laughs> Bye. Bye.